0: Well, hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the MOVE podcast once again. My name is Scotty Carlisle, and I'll be your host today. The MOVE podcast uncovers stories of adversity in people's lives and uncovers them for all of us to see, and most of them are relatable in some form or another, and most of us are going through trials and tribulations at some point in our life. And it's always good to hear how somebody else has overcome something that they've been struggling with. And today is no different. Today I'm gonna share a personal story of adversity that I've been forced to reflect upon and I think somebody out there could possibly hear the story and it may give you a little insight. The whole concept for move is M, make a difference. O, to offer up your time, talent, and gifts. And B, there's victory in the small things, and E, to encourage others. And so I started to move. I'm gonna take you back about three years ago. We were walking into the courtroom. It was my mom, two of my, my three sisters, and my brother. You've heard people say that the tension was so thick that you could cut it with a knife. Well, let me tell you, people. The tension was so thick you could barely walk into the room. I mean, it was heavy. You had a noticeable difference. When you walked into those doors, it was like a wool-heavy blanket just laid on top of your entire body. And my hairs on my arms stood up. I had this sinking feeling. And my mom, you see, she couldn't handle it. You see, this day, The man that killed my little brother was being sentenced. And when that happens, family members have the right to confront the person that had affected your life in this way. And you're able to get your feelings off your chest and they have to sit and listen to it. You know, this is a hard story to talk about because leading up to the court date took about a little over two years. And in those two years, there were a lot of conversations between me and my siblings regarding what actions that we should take against this person that killed my little brother. Basically what happened is he was turning into a bar. My little brother was riding his motorcycle and smashed into the guy's truck. When the guy saw what happened, he fled the scene. Somebody saw the situation, chased him down, pulled him over, and then he called the cops. At that point, the cops came. He had admitted he had a couple beers but they gave him a blood test and so his levels weren't very high because I guess there's a time frame involved in all that but I got a phone call that night I'll never forget it I was in Chicago doing a job a marketing job and I got that phone call and I don't know how many people out there have experienced the loss of a sibling but it is horrific. It is heartbreaking and will have an impact on you for the rest of your life. There's really not much that you can do when you get news like that except for go through so many different emotions and memories and then start thinking about the fact that you'll never see them again. I'll never get them in a headlock and give him a noogie or uh, give them a hug and tell him I love them, or, you know, spend time and talk to them about the finer things in life or just relate, you know, it's, it's gone. There's no more. And so later that night, after I found out, I got a phone call from this guy's mother. She had found out what's happening and somehow she was able to get my phone number and called me and was crying. And she's like, Scotty, I promise my son is a good man. He doesn't get into trouble. He doesn't have a record. He hasn't done anything bad in his life. He's a good person. And... I had to deal with my emotions, but at the same time console this guy's mother that killed my little brother and it was a very heavy situation. It was a very dynamic as far as emotions that were i I, I can't even explain it in words, but I needed to. Console her. And then she also said, Scotty, his father was a veteran and has been in the military. And, you know, when he finds out that, that he killed your brother, who was a, a veteran in the military, he's going to be, he's going to disown him. And, you know, and, and all I could say is, ma'am, this is a horrible situation. I don't know why it happened, but these things happen and everything is going to be okay. I mean, what do you say? What do you say when you're in a catastrophe? your emotions are bouncing off the walls. They're going up, they're going down, they're going sideways. They're hitting you in the gut, in the heart. Your brain, you, what are you thinking about? You just don't know. You're just holding on. You're just, you're just there. Well, my siblings and my mother were as brokenhearted as I was, if not more. My little sister and my little brother were like twins. I mean inseparable all through growing up. I mean literally they were, you know, about two years apart and best friends. Everything they did and they were partners in crime. They were partners in love and everything that they did, the little shenanigans, the mischievousness, uh you know they they were definitely partners in crime and so my little sister really 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 was affected and she wanted to hang him up by his toenails she wanted to lash out at this guy whose actions took my little brother Away from us. In the ensuing two years, we had a lot of conversations. And most of the conversations centered around push for the max, push for the max. That asshole drove away after he hit my brother. That asshole was drinking and driving. You know, I kept thinking, that could have been me. It could have been you. That could have been any of us behind the wheel. You have a couple drinks, you're at your buddy's house, you're at the bar, you drive home, you're not paying attention and just like that, in a blink of an eye, your whole world can change. And you can change somebody else's entire existence in a blink of an eye. It could have happened to me. And then I kept reflecting on the mom's conversation. And then I'm thinking, you know, he didn't try to kill my brother. Yeah, he made a mistake. He made a stupid mistake. When something like that happens and then you try to flee and get get away, what does that say? But I was talking to the attorneys and talking to my siblings. And I just kept saying, you know, this sucks, but maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt. I won't say forgive because that's damn near impossible. When you have a gaping hole in your heart, very hard, Your automatic knee-jerk response is to lash out it is to blame it is to point fingers because somebody did this and now you have something that you love taken away from you somebody needs to pay for that well my siblings thought that this man should pay We could have pursued it more aggressively. But I think I had an impact on the route that we took. On the side of a lessened sentence. Because I was empathetic. I felt sorry for the guy. Yeah, my heart was broken in two because of my little brother but imagine being the person responsible for someone's death imagine being the person that affected all of these lives my brother's wife my brother's daughter my brother's siblings and my mother. Imagine being the person responsible for affecting so many people in such a horrible, negative way. How do you live with yourself? How do you justify what happened? And I kept thinking about that. I kept putting myself in his shoes. Man, what a horrible situation. Well, my family flew to Austin, and we're back at the courthouse, and there he is. My mom could not take it she could not sit in the courtroom it was was too much like i said you could physically actually physically feel a heaviness to the room it was the weirdest thing and she did not know how to handle that so what she did is she wrote a letter and she says scotty i want you to read this letter to him I can't see him. I can't do this. I said okay, okay, fine. Well. He got sentenced to 3 years probation. That's it. 3 years probation. Wow. You know I have mixed feelings about that and it is what it is there. But what was about to happen I was not prepared for. I did not expect. You see, for these last 2 years, I was putting myself in his shoes. I was putting myself in the shoes that killed another man, that affected all of these different families and I was feeling the remorse of what that would cause me and in my little brain was thinking this guy's thinking like I am and then my sister was the first one to get up on the stand and he's sitting in the defendant chair in the courtroom my sister's on the stand And she just started to lose it. Emotions of my brother were flooding into her mind, were flooding into her heart. She starts crying and she's saying, Do you understand what you did to me? Do you understand you took my little brother? You killed my little brother. And he... Looked at my little sister and had a smirk on his face. This piece of work had a smirk on his face when my little sister is telling him how. She how his action basically has destroyed her life, and he's smirking. What? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me right now. How in the hell can that guy sit there and smirk? What the hell was I thinking? All of this time, I wanted to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. And this is what I'm giving the benefit of the doubt to? Some asshole that's looking at my sister, smirking while she's breaking down, telling him how she's hurting inside? She finished. Didn't affect him. Then my other little sister got on the stand. And it was a replay. She broke down. Dealing with a lost loved one is a motherfucker. I don't know what else to say. I don't know what other word can be more punching you in the face. Some people don't like cursing but you know what that feeling i don't know how to describe it and if it's if it's a curse word that fits there the best for lack of anything else well you know sometimes it's okay he didn't care he had this kick back look like I already got my sentence. Nothing you can say is going to affect me. Like, I'm cool. Go ahead, get it all out. You know, like a smile on his face. And then my other brother got on the stand. And he's like, dude, do you understand your actions? Do you understand how your actions affected other people? And then he went at him in that direction. Still, the guy's like, yeah, go ahead. Get it out. You don't scare me. You don't intimidate me. It don't matter. And this whole time, I'm just confused. I'm confused and I'm angry and I'm bitter. I'm bitter. How stupid was I? How stupid? I can't believe I gave this guy the benefit of the doubt. And and he's throwing that in my face right now in every direction. And I was the last one to take the stand. And I knew being upset with him Wasn't going to make any difference. It wasn't going to affect him. He was going to give me the same shit-eating grin that he did my sisters and my brother. So I wasn't going that route. But I needed to get him. I I needed to shake him up a little bit. So I told him about that night. I told him, dude... You're sitting over there with a smirk on your face. Do you know the night you killed my little brother, your mom called me crying. Your mom was crying to me because she was so upset that you did something that was so impactful in such a negative way. And she's calling me and all I could do was console your mother. Tell her, I don't know. Everything is gonna be okay. I don't know. And she said that when your father found out that you killed another Soldier that he's gonna disown you Well, I May have shook him up just a little bit just a little though. He still had that grin. He's still looking at me like That's okay. Say what you want I'm a free bird. I got Probation for three years How do you forgive somebody like that? How do you forgive somebody that has absolutely zero remorse? It's like They threw you down, saw that you're hurting, and then spit in your face on top of it. And that's what it felt like. And I just felt guilty. I felt stupid. For these last two years, I could have pressed the envelope. I could have pressed the issue and had... A more relevant outcome, but I think I affected his sentence. I think I had an impact in making it less than it should have been. Reflecting on that day in court. After everybody said their piece, it's dismissed, guy's free to go, we're all free to go, and we're just trying to gather together all of our emotions that are all over the courtroom right now and just try to wrap our head about around what happened. Me and my little sister were walking, and. You look over to the left and he's walking down the hall and she grabs the water bottle no it was a gatorade it wasn't a water bottle and she's literally like there is a like she is zoned out on this guy and she's gonna attack him and she starts going after him with the gatorade bottle in the courtroom like where it's outside in the hallway and was literally a gonna smash him in the head like he wouldn't have seen it coming Uh, and i wanted her to do that matter of fact i wanted to do that but i stopped her serena stop not right now not right now and she's just so upset so upset you know and, and when i read the letter my mom's letter to him because my little brother was like the baby. It was like my mom's baby, you know? She really loved him a lot. And she is still to this day. And this was, I think, nine... Oh, man. I'm really bad with dates. <laughs> Maybe seven years ago. Eight, nine years ago. Something like that. When it actually happened. And... My mom still to this day is recovering. You know, the loss of a child is something that thankfully a lot of us have never had to experience. I've seen the devastation in mothers and fathers from losing a a, a kid and I don't even know what to say about it except for i'm sure it's one of the most devastating things that could happen to anybody on this planet so it's been a couple years since that court case and i've thought about it i've thought about it a lot it's affected me it's, not something that just goes away. You know, that that guy's smirk is burnt into my memory because it represents to me how sometimes when you give people the benefit of the doubt, they just throw it in your face and they don't deserve it. They don't deserve it. They don't deserve the benefit of the doubt. My opinion, he deserved to go to jail and think about what he did to affect other people. You know, whether he would've or not, I don't know. But the more I think about it, the more I see Throughout those two years of me empathizing with him, it affected the way I thought about that situation. You see, we always have a choice on how we think about a situation. We can think of it in a blaming way or we can think of it in a forgiving way. It's the same situation but two completely different thought processes. Even though he didn't deserve the benefit of the doubt now that I see, the way I chose to think about it was beneficial for me. It took the edge off of revenge. Our natural emotion when somebody gets one over on us, when somebody hurts us, when they lie to us, when they cheat on us, our immediate knee jerk emotion is revenge. I'm going to get them back. How dare them? Your ego is on fire. It's inflamed. Let's go. Let's get them. And there's no rest. There's no solace. Because you are thinking in a very specific way of how you can hurt somebody. How you can get them back for what they did to you. Believe it or not, friends, that mentality is worse for you. I'm sure you've heard the cliche or you've seen the Facebook meme where it says, anger or wishing somebody harm is, like drinking poison and expecting them to fall down. Revenge will bring that emotion. It will bring that unrest. It will bring that trepidation. On the other side of that is empathy. If you can empathize with a situation, like my situation, I empathized with him. Now, I didn't know. I empathized what I thought he would be like. But looking back at that, it helped me. It helped me get through the emotions that I had on the other side. So I can look back and I can say, man, that, that was horrible. It could have been worse. I could have been thinking about revenge. I could have been thinking about how I'm going to get that guy back for what he did to me and my family. You know, I I think there's there's another dynamic in that situation, and that's faith and it's not faith in the way that he did me wrong and the universe is gonna take care of him. It's more the faith that I know in this guy's soul, in this guy's deep-seated consciousness, he knows what he did. He is suffering. And unfortunately, that smirk that he was showing everybody was his way of shielding off his emotions. It was a way of him shielding off. He's not going to let us hurt him. But that's not going to go away and at some point in his life he will have to reconcile that's not for me to know when or how that's going to happen but i have faith that that is going to happen and that faith allows me to get on with my life so After it's all said and done, the word forgiveness is very hard to say when it comes to this situation. But I choose to forgive my forgiveness. The forgiveness that I had in my heart was misplaced because I had a different perspective than, that, than what was actually happening, which allowed me to achieve forgiveness because I empathized and I put myself in his shoes. And when I saw his smirk in the courtroom, I was angry with myself for my forgiveness. I'm sure there are a lot of people, I'm sure you're listening and you can think of somebody that has hurt you in some form or another, whether it's financial, whether it's emotional, physical, reputational people will hurt you any person that's lived over three years old on this planet understands that feeling forgiveness is a little bit more complex when we're used to thinking about so many different things it's it's actually simple but not easy so If somebody has hurt you in some way you can forgive your forgiveness if you're going through something right now and you're trying to find in your heart forgiveness it usually comes through empathy it usually comes through putting yourself in their shoes And understanding that you cannot fully comprehend the entire situation that you can only comprehend a sliver of the reality so if you are trying to forgive someone understand that understand that no matter how smart you are you'll never know the full situation you'll never know the entire reality So if you do exhibit forgiveness and they come back and throw it in your face, I absolve you from any guilt. And I think it's okay to forgive your forgiveness. Thank you for tuning in to another MOVE podcast. And I'll see you on the flip side.